Hey there. Thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again. God bless you. Thanksgiving. Who's ready for Thanksgiving? All right, a few people. I personally love Thanksgiving. I think I might like it more than Christmas because you don't have to go shopping for presents. You don't have to make lists. You don't have to do all the budgeting. And we're having Thanksgiving at my sister-in-law's house, so we get to just show up and bring some food and enjoy the day. Anybody else just love Thanksgiving? Now, Thanksgiving, let's be honest, for, for many of us, it is an awesome and wonderful and blessed time. We can spend time with our family, enjoy a good meal, maybe play some games or watch some movies, or I guess some people watch football, I've heard, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but for some people, you know, and some of you, who are here or maybe who are watching, maybe Thanksgiving isn't such a wonderful time. And, you know, that's kind of the question that's on my heart this morning. If Thanksgiving is not everything that you hope it to be, can you still be content? Can you still be happy? Can you still be grateful? You know, if, somebody, if, if there are people who you want to be there who are gone, can you still find a way to be grateful and thankful, if relationships are stressful, <laughs> if being around your family isn't quite uh, the joy that you wish that it would be, can you find a way to be thankful? What if I showed up at your house on Thanksgiving Day and I told you, you can only eat healthy food today? Could you still be content? Could you still be grateful? Could you still be thankful? You know, I saw this, this meme. If you're friends um, with me on Facebook, then you probably saw this meme that says, if you don't find joy in the snow, you will have less joy in your life, but the same amount of snow, <laughs> right? <laughs> and isn't that true for everything? If you don't find joy in these things, you're just going to have less joy, but those things are still going to be there, right? So let me tell you a story a little bit, bit about human nature. See if you can relate to anything in this story. So there was a little girl who one day went for a walk with her mother. And as they were walking, they passed by a field full of wildflowers. So this little girl saw the wildflowers and she asked her mom, Mom, can we stop so I can pick some flowers? So her mom said, sure, go ahead, you can pick some flowers. So she picked a handful of flowers, and then her mom said, all right, let's keep going, let's keep walking. And the little girl started to have a little bit of a meltdown. She's like, no, I need more flowers. So the mom said, you know, with all of the patience that we mothers always have, she said, pick the whole field if you like. <laughs> so she just stayed, and the little girl, for the next hour or two, ran through the field and just kept picking flowers and picking flowers and picking flowers until finally she had so many flowers that she could not pick any more flowers. Her arms were full. And she looked up at the field and saw a field full of flowers. 
and she was overcome with sadness and started to cry because she realized she could not have all of the flowers. Now, how many of us understand that feeling? Sometimes we have an arm full of flowers and we can't seem to take our eyes off the field and say, but I can't have them all. Why can't I have all of the flowers? So this is, this is, you're all looking at me so innocent, like you have no idea what I'm talking about. I know, you know what I'm talking about. Well, what does the Bible say about this? What does God have to say about this? You know, this, this human nature that we have. In, in Philippians 4.11, the Apostle Paul said this, For I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. For I have learned in whatever situation I am, whatever situation I find myself in, I have learned to be content. I want to point out this word in this verse, and that is the word learned. I have learned to be content. Even for the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament that's in your Bible, he had to learn to be content. Now, I'm going to share a little bit about myself and learning to be content. Now, a few years ago, you may have, I've talked a little bit about um, my struggle with weight and my struggle with mental health after I had, we had our second child. Um, I really had a lot of struggles with fear and anxiety and I was struggling with my weight and I learned to become a good steward of my health. I learned to exercise, I learned to eat nourishing foods and that helped my mental health immensely it helped my physical health immensely. Um, you know, it, it just, it brought so much good into my life. And then about three years ago in 2019, I started having an issue where I would be out going for a run and my eyelid would start to sting. And I realized that I had like a crack across my eyelid. And every time I would run and sweat would get in, it would sting really bad. And then I would get in the shower after my run and it would sting even worse. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why is my eyelid cracking like this? Well, over the next few months, I actually started to develop eczema all over my face. And it was, my skin was just constantly in pain, constantly peeling. I would wake up at night scratching my face because it just itched so bad. I was breaking out in hives all of the time. And my weight started to go up and up and up and up. And I couldn't figure out what was going on because I'm still exercising. I'm still eating healthy. I haven't changed anything. So why, why am I gaining weight? And why am I breaking out in hives? And why is my face covered in eczema? Well, I ended up discovering after about a year that I had histamine intolerance, which means anything high histamine, I was breaking out in hives that was causing me eczema. So if I cut out a lot of the healthy foods that I was eating like bone broth because it was slow cooked, anything that was left over. So I would make soup and eat it for a week. And as the week went on, it was worse and worse, higher and higher histamine. So I'd react more and more. Um, yogurt, kombucha, kefir, all of these things that are like really health producing, health promoting foods I was reacting to. Excuse me, I was reacting to. Um, so I realized if I cut those things out that 
my eczema started to get better and my hives started to lessen. But do you, does anybody have a check engine light in your car? Have you ever seen that check engine light go off? So that's what was happening in my body. This eczema and these hives and even the weight gain, it was like a check engine light in my body saying, something is wrong. Something is not right. And it was really, I have to tell you, it was, it was a struggle with my pride that I'm telling everybody, be a good steward of your health. You got to watch what you eat. You have to exercise and hear my weights going up and up and up. And I, there was nothing I could do about it. That hurt my pride, right? So I'm struggling with this. I start to realize, okay, there's a check engine light. Something's going on. And I had to wrestle with this same thing that the Apostle Paul's talking about. Learn to be content. Learn to be content in whatever circumstance you're in. And I had to decide, am I going to keep eating nutritious foods even though I'm gaining weight? Am I going to keep exercising even though I'm gaining weight? Am I still going to be content even though I have these physical struggles that I'm going through? Can I still have a sense of well-being where I'm, while I'm figuring out why this check engine light is going off? And it, it was a daily struggle, and it still is sometimes. I ended up finding out that it was due to what happened was we had a little bit of black mold in our attic. And some people, like the other four people in my family, <laughs> can be exposed to mold and their body can clear it okay, and some people just can't. So for me, I actually, the mold was actually colonizing in my body and causing all of these reactions. So I have started to be able to clear the mold. I've started to, my weight is starting to come back down. I'm starting to be less reactive to food. But I had to, and still sometimes have to, wrestle with this, can I be okay if my weight is not what I want it to be, if I exercise and eat nutritious foods and it's not giving me the results I want, if I have to eat an extremely restricted diet so that I'm not having hives and eczema all the time, what if that doesn't change? Or what if it takes me years to get over? Can I be okay? Can I be content? Can I have a sense of well-being? I had to learn. Just like the Apostle, Apostle Paul said, he had to learn. So let me give you a little bit of a background on this, this passage that we're looking at. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter. While he's writing this letter to the Philippians, he is under Roman guard because he was arrested for preaching the gospel for doing what's right and good. He was arrested. These are called, this is one of the prison epistles because he wrote them from prison. So he has some reasons to be discontent, doesn't he? He was imprisoned for doing what was right. So the, the Philippian church had sent him a large gift. So he received this, this gift. Have you ever received like a really generous gift? And you're like, okay. <laughs> How do I say thank you in a way that really shows my gratitude but doesn't make the person feel like, I really need that gift from you. <laughs> I really need you to keep giving to me, right? So you can see the Apostle Paul in here. He says in verse um, 10, Philippians 4.10, he says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord 
that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but, not, but you had no opportunity. He's saying you, you have given me large gifts in the past, and it's been a while, and now you had the opportunity. You've given me another large gift. And he says, not that I'm speaking of being in need. He says, I rejoice greatly for the gift, but I want you to know I'm not, it's not coming from a place like I'm not speaking out of my need. Now he says, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I have learned to be content. Then he says this, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. I have learned the secret. The Apostle Paul has learned the secret. The secret of, see, we think our discontent is because of our circumstances, but it's not. It's because of the condition of our soul. Contentedness has nothing to do with circumstances. We can be content. We can have a sense of well-being that is completely divorced from the circumstances that we're going through. And what is this secret? What is the secret that Paul learned? We see in verse 13. This is a verse I am sure that you have heard before. Probably the second most popular verse in the whole New Testament other than John 3.16, is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, we hear this verse, and we quote this verse all the time. We write it on our basketball shoes. We put it on our running shirts. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we have this idea that it means like, with God on my side, I can do anything. I can do whatever I put my mind to. But the Apostle Paul is saying actually almost the exact opposite thing. He's saying sometimes we are brought low. Sometimes We experience lack, and yet we can be content. We can have an internal sense of well-being, whether our desires are being met or not, whether we're flourishing or floundering, we can be content. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is the secret. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. And I know that some of you are going through some pretty difficult circumstances. I know that some of you are facing Thanksgiving without loved ones that you have lost recently. And we have to grieve We have to do the hard work of grieving. And yet, every day we have to make the choice to look at the field of flowers that we don't have or the armful of flowers that we do have. Hebrews 13.5 says this, Keep your life free from the love of money 
He doesn't say keep your life free from money. Don't ever have anything. Don't ever try to improve your circumstances. Don't ever strive for things to be better. But he says, don't keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is enough. And the Apostle Paul had times where he was flourishing. He says so. I know how to abound. Jesus is enough for me where I don't rely on my wealth. I know how to abound. But I also, I know how to flounder and be okay. There, uh, Stephen, do we have this quote here? Stephen Runge says this. Being content is not contingent upon having all that you want but I'm being thankful and satisfied with what you have. The problem is that the more we get, the more we tend to want. If our contentedness, listen very carefully to this, if our contentedness is contingent upon our desires being met, then we are destined to be dissatisfied. There's always, you know, we always have this temptation. There's, there's a rumor that, do you know who Rockefeller is, John D. Rockefeller? Like he's the most wealthy human being that has lived in recent history. Like when he died, his net worth was something like 3% of the gross domestic product of the entire United States. <laughs> Ridiculously wealthy. And there's this rumor that... Um, a, journal one time, a, a journalist one time asked him, how much is enough? How much is enough? And what did he answer? Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Just one more dollar. Just a little bit more. Or maybe, is anybody familiar with the famous theologian, Bob the Tomato? who asked Larry the Cucumber, Larry, how much stuff do you need to be happy? And Larry said, I don't know, Bob. How much stuff is there? <laughs> we, we know that feeling, though, right? Like, I learned this as a teenager. I would get obsessed with something. And I would think, I just, I have to have that. There, when I have that, Oh, everything's going to be awesome. So I would get obsessed with something. And then finally I would get it and be happy for a little while. And then, oh, but there's one more thing. There's just one more. If I just get that thing. So one, one thing I really remember was a class ring. I really wanted a class ring. So if you don't know, I was homeschooled. And we got a, this homeschool magazine and I was looking through it and I saw this class ring for homeschoolers. And it was like $100. It was like 107 with tax. I know because I saved up my money for a really, really long time to get that class ring. I picked out the words. I picked out the stone. I picked out the design. I saved and saved and saved and saved for months and months and months. Stared at the picture of this class ring. Oh, this is a beautiful class ring. Finally, I filled out, I remember filling out the form. I finally have enough. I'm getting my class ring. I filled it out, mailed it in. Several weeks later, because that's how it worked back then. We didn't get things in two days. Finally, I get the package in the mail. My class ring is here. I take it out of the package, and I put it on, and it fit perfectly. And I looked at it, and I thought, eh, 
<laughs> it's not right, I guess. <laughs> Have you ever been there? Have you ever experienced that? You know, you, you, I've got this, oh, I didn't bring it up with me. I've got my iPhone 6S. When I got that, I was like, this is the coolest phone. And I still have it. And now they came out with what? iPhone 789 or something like that. <laughs> now, you know, it's, we always need the next. We always need the biggest. We get caught up in those things. You know what else Rockefeller said? Besides just a little bit more. He said, never make the mistake of thinking that just because someone is immensely wealthy, that they are happy. Never make that mistake. And we always think, oh, if only I could get the, the nicer car, a little bit newer car, it won't need so many repairs. If only I could get a little bit bigger house. If only I could get somebody to clean my little bit bigger house. <laughs> so much to clean, this yard is so much to take care of. If only I could have children if only my children were older and slept through the night. If only my children were adults and had their own careers and had their own income. If only my adult children would come home and visit me once in a while. There's always a little bit more. A little bit, what's the next thing? If only, if only. Right now, Dan and I are saying, if only our furnace would keep working. <laughs> but it won't. After 31 years, it gave up the ghost. But we are grateful. Dana Imason, thank you so much. You insulated our house. And we are keeping our house warm with this tiny little electric heater right now until the furnace guy can come replace it. It's amazing. It has not even been very uncomfortable. Um, but we have to look at, we have to choose to look at the, I have a, a, another quote here by Joseph Excel. So Joseph Excel, he's, he writes these um, Commentaries on Scripture, right? So this was from the commentary on Scripture. Do you have the one from Joseph Excel? He says, when a person is living so near to God as to have his whole being pervaded with divine power, why should he not say, I am content wherever he is? I am content wherever he is. Now, Lisa Steinfest was just reminding me of a story I told last Thanksgiving of Betsy and Corey Ten Boom in the concentration camps. Betsy is thanking God for the fleas, and Corey is like, you are crazy, and then found out, oh, it's the fleas that was keeping away the uh, wardens or guards, whatever they were called. They, they wouldn't come near the barracks because of the fleas, so they were having Bible studies and Women were getting saved and they had all of this because they had these fleas and they're like, I'm thankful for the fleas. And, you know, that's the flowers they had in their arms. The flower, they're looking at the flowers they had in their arms instead of the field that they don't have. I am content wherever he is. Even if it's, even if I'm uh, covered in fleas, he, if he is with me, he will give me the strength. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. But please take away the fleas. We're not saying we want to keep the fleas. But in the meantime, I'm content whether there's fleas or not. Amen? So Joseph excels, goes on to say this, but where are those who can say, put me where you will, and I will make it a paradise. Give me children, and I am happy. Take them away, and I still have that which will make me happy. Give me husband, wealth, learning, or deprive me of them, and I am content. Where are those who can say that? 
Where are those who can say that? And I'm not, you know, we, we, Dan and I, we have lost two children. And we had to do the grieving. We had to go through the hard work of grieving. I threw my anger out at God, my disappointment, my, my depression, my, my, all the hopes that I had of ever having children. I didn't know if we would or not. And eventually, he brought me through that grieving process, and I was able to receive his comfort. And I was able to begin to release that and say, if we don't have children, I am content. It is well with my soul. I still want it. Please still give me children. But with you, I am content. And now we have three beautiful, amazing flowers in our arms that we get to hold every day. Once in a while, there's a thorn, I'm just saying. <laughs> and we've got two flowers in heaven that we'll get to meet when we get there. But what are your flowers today? What, what is that? What is that? that class ring that you're so obsessed with, once I get that, I'll be happy. Can you release it to him today? Can you choose to take your eyes off the field today and look at the flowers in your arms? You know, I, I hope that Jesse and Jevin won't get upset with me for talking about them this morning, but my sister is here and my brother-in-law and my nephew, who's a year and a half old, and I was just talking to my sister this weekend because she knows somebody who's facing a possible di diagnosis of Down syndrome. And she was talking about when they had tried for years to have children and they finally got pregnant with Killian. And when he was born, they received the diagnosis of Down syndrome. And she was talking about, hold on a second, <laughs> um, the devastation of the diagnosis. And she said all of these other mothers were saying what a joy it is and how, what a blessing it is. And she's like, I just couldn't even think that. I was so upset. We finally have a child and we get this, this bomb. When he's a day old, we find out he has Down syndrome. And now he is the joy of their lives. <laughs> and there she's like, I just cannot explain the amount of pride that we have in him and how much we love him and how much joy he brought into our lives. But there are those moments where we're looking at that field of flowers. And we just think, oh, if only I had that. If only I could have those. And then when we look down at the, the flowers in our arms, it, it's amazing. So I'm asking you today to look at the flowers in your arms. What are the flowers in your arms? And I'm, I'm going to ask Bernie and the team to head back up here. And he's got the guitar player as one of, our, one of our three flowers. My son, Zach, is up here on the worship team. Yes, it's very exciting. Um, and while they come, I want to think about this for a second. How do we do that? When I say Jesus is enough, Jesus is enough. What does that mean practically? It starts with this. 
It starts with bringing everything to his feet and saying, I admit that I have not been content and I need your help. Jesus, help me to focus on the flowers that I have. Jesus, help me to be content when I don't know what the future holds. Jesus, help me to be content when I'm grieving over the things that I've lost or the things that I've hoped for that will never be. Jesus, help me because I can't do it on my own. And he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you. You can do all things in my strength. Jesus is enough. So that's the first thing I'm asking you to do today is just come to him and say, here are the things, and it might be big things. It might be, it might be devastating, heart-wrenching things, or it might be just something small, like I'm not happy with, with I look around at the house and see all of the projects that we have unfinished and now the furnace dies. We have to put our money in the furnace instead of all these other projects that we have. So it's easy to get focused on those things. Maybe there's just, maybe you've got a little thorn, a little thorn. Remember the apostle Paul talked about the thorn in his flesh? And he said, I asked God, I pleaded with him three times, please take this thorn away from me. And, and what did God answer him back? My grace is sufficient for you. Thank God sometimes he takes the thorns away. But thank God sometimes he doesn't. And he teaches us that his grace is sufficient. Jesus is enough. So number one, come to Jesus today. Bring him your discontentment. And number two, take a little time to look at the flowers in your arms. Take a little time to thank him for the things that you do have. Our house may not be everything that we want right now, but we have a house. With food and clothing, I will be content. Jesus says, pray this, give, give us today our daily bread. Would you be content if that's all God gave you was your daily bread? If you just had food and clothes, if you just had enough to meet your needs, if you just had manna for today, is that enough to be content, to have that sense of well-being? Let's focus on the things that we do have. Amen? I'm going to pray for you, then we're going to worship Jesus. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for all of the wonderful gifts in our lives, and I thank you for the difficult things that teach us that you are enough that teach us that your grace is sufficient. And I ask for every single person who's here today and everybody who's watching online, Lord Jesus, for every difficult circumstance, we ask that you would take it away. And if you don't, if you don't take it away, give us the strength. Teach us that you are enough. Show us how to be content even if all we have is you. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you for every blessing in our lives. Thank you for our spouse. Thank you for our children. Thank you for our home. Thank you for the food that we have to eat. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're going to follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.